the sun setting over Barcelona, and we poured ourselves a couple of beers from the tap. Grab one for yourself. It's time to unwind, step back from the day-to-day, and talk a little about life in the age of analytics. Welcome to the Vendo Terrace. Welcome, everyone. Uh, today we're talking about the idea of reorganizing your teams, and this is a, both a case study and it's a session that we'll be doing at the Vendo Partner Conference on Tuesday, September 13th. Uh, Clay, why don't you tell us a little bit about this session? So I was I was in the office uh, with Charles in uh, his office in Montreal. I think it was around February. It was sometime this uh, in the winter. It was a little cold out. I remember that. <laughs> and it was the first time I'd ever walked into an office and, and been asked if I'd like to get a haircut. And, <laughs> and I thought, why? Why? I mean, I just... And then, and, then I, and then they explained to me that one of the benefits that they had for employees uh, was uh, to bring in a, a barber. And I walked by and it was this really cool setup. There's hip hop music playing. You had the barber in there. I saw an employee in the chair and I thought, man, this is a company that really takes care of its its people right. and right. is really cutting edge in terms of um, uh, you know, making making their workplace uh, fun and interactive, and and then um, later that night we went out to uh, to dinner, and Charles started talking about these these changes, um, which we'll read about in the case study, and that'll be discussed in the session in the VPC, and and I thought, wow, you know, this is a guy who who thinks about his employees at a kind of next level, so right. he's providing these benefits. Um, and at the same time, he's here in the case study, he's describing making a, a proactive change. So he's not right. waiting till he absolutely has to, but he's doing it beforehand. And, uh, and I thought that kind of vision is really great for uh, people to VPC to connect with, you know, yeah. and, and to discuss, uh, discuss that with him. Yeah, absolutely. And so that session's on Tuesday, September 13th. And I uh, hope to see you guys there. Enjoy the case study. Charles was staring into his coffee. It was 9.30 a.m. on a Thursday. He'd bought the coffee before stepping into the elevator that brought him up to his office in this conference room. By now, the milk had settled to the bottom of the cup. The color had changed. It was getting darker and losing its heat. In the background, he heard people talking around him in conference room B. They sounded muffled like murmurs. He didn't have to listen closely. For years, he'd been hearing the same conversation from the same people arguing the same positions. He stirred the coffee in his cup. As the color lightened, he thought to himself, Our business is stagnant. We're not seeing significant progress toward results. More effort and activity isn't moving us forward. It was clear that there was a problem, and he knew it wasn't going to get solved in this meeting. Either he had the wrong people in the wrong positions, or the wrong structure, or maybe both. Charles started the company with a group of friends when he was 18 years old. Over the last 20 years, he had helped to create one of the most respected companies in the industry. He led the company through countless changes, often responding to major shifts in technology. As a seasoned executive, he'd seen it all, or almost all. This problem in front of him seemed unique different, a new challenge. It's easy to confuse activity with progress, he thought to himself. After all, results follow action. You have to be patient to see results. 
But how do you know that people are working on the right thing? As Peter Drucker says, an effective executive gets the right things done. Was Charles being as effective as he could be? He wasn't sure. One of his first warning signs was that massive efforts, big investments of human energy and capital, weren't producing the results that he and his partners demanded of the company. The ROI was disappointing. Everybody was very busy, but they weren't moving the company closer to its goals. Montreal is urban. It's the opposite of rural. Its modern history began as a trading post where natives and French settlers exchanged furs at a slow bend in the river. The people of Montreal have always lived off their ability to trade and their openness to the outside world. It's one of the reasons the city is the most important center for our industry today. Yet when Charles looked around his Montreal office, he saw one of the typical signs of a rural landscape, silos. Silos hold grains, corn, and other harvests from farms in tall, thin metal towers. They're designed to keep things separate, dry. They are not connected to anything else. There's one way in and one way out. They are singular. He looked out at his departments through the glass wall of Conference Room B. The desks were fields. Their work product fed up into silos, one in each department, that climbed higher and higher. The different departments competed against each other to see who could build a taller silo, with more resources and more work product. It became us versus them. There were rivalries between departments and even within large departments. It was a structure that didn't support the vision of the company. In fact, it did the opposite. It encouraged competition within the company. The teams were not aligned to one vision. Charles thought he would start there, with the vision. Together with his partners, he hammered out a vision for the next three and five years that was very different from the one it replaced, and silos weren't a part of it. During the process, the partners kept in mind the Clemenceau quote, Generals are always preparing to fight the last war, not the next one. They didn't want to be those kind of generals. As he developed the vision, it became clear that the structure of the company would change. A different vision required a different way of organizing. It also required changes not just to positions and teams, but changes in the people on those teams, too. If the next war will be different, then so will be the army that Charles uses to fight it. The following section contains field notes from the battle. What could be achieved with the reorganization? It forces you to look ahead and define a clear vision for years to come when shuffling the entire structure. You can't just get away with short-term thinking and avoid big strategic questions. It allows you to consider and see new possibilities and opportunities that are simply unthinkable in the current setup. It allows you to change now and decide on what those changes will be. The best time to change is when it's not required. Once change is required, you have to fight to have a future rather than deciding what will be that future. Being a disruptor means starting by disrupting yourself, otherwise someone else will. Again, not being at the mercy of someone else to decide our future is key. What challenges will I encounter? Communication issues of all kinds happen. You need to be able to separate and address what are real communication issues versus other issues that aren't communication related. It's easy to blame communication for everything that happens. Even when the message is crystal clear, not everyone will understand the same thing. Everything will be up in the air. People will pick and choose what appears important to them going forward. What they focus on is not always what you said is important. We gave a lot of room to people who were complaining about the current structure, 
but we didn't listen enough to people who felt that we had the right setup and were happy about it. We might have overshot by giving too much weight to those who were very vocal about the problems they were facing. Some people will use and feed the confusion to resist change, and some will say that the vision is not clear yet. We saw people say that because they didn't agree with the vision. They kept challenging its clarity until it adapted to fit their definition of what should be the vision. Plans versus planning. Not everyone deals with change the same way. Some people are fine with a very high level of uncertainty and figure it out along the way. Others need precise answers to everything. It's impossible to plan such a big move down to the detail and expect the plan to stick. Having a common agreed level of uncertainty becomes essential. Planning is indispensable. Plans are useless. Did we actually make changes? The first question we were being asked by outsiders was, did you actually make changes or did you just move things around? It seems that people were skeptical that we could actually make such a big change when it wasn't required. I guess most people will look at change not as much with a resistance to the change, but rather a high level of skepticism when they can't feel the urgency of change. We already feel the gravitational pull of getting back to our old habits and slowly unrolling the changes that were made. Not so much changing back the structure, but rather keeping the new vision on paper but spending more and more time on old activities, the ones that didn't provide much progress in the first place. The higher positions could feel and see the change, as entire divisions moved. However, as you go down the chain and get closer to the people running the operation, changes are less obvious to people as their day-to-day -day activities do not change as much. For example, customer support people still do customer support. That makes escaping the gravitational pull harder. At what point are the changes done? After the changes, we need to quickly tweak and adapt. Letting people have time to settle in their new roles is important, but at some point, some of those people will not fit in the new structure. Those people need to be let go. This is hard. Some of those people have been with us for many years, but their past accomplishments won't contribute to the new path we decided to take. In summary, reorganizing is very difficult. It's full of challenges and uncertainty. Several months into the reorganization, we felt like we could understand why those generals want to fight the last war. The only problem with that approach is that you'll surely lose the next one.